another great move from Corey Davis. Henry. Look at that stiff arm. Derrick Henry expressing himself and introduces himself to Alexander Myers. My goodness. Spiro, you cannot wait on Henry. If you don't attack him and you don't get aggressive, and then if you're if you're running sideways, forget about it. That's Josh Norman all day long. You cannot tackle Derrick Henry when you both are running sideways against each other. You gotta go take out his leg. Welcome everybody. Adam, Greg, and Miles are with you for the 44th episode of the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Um, number 44. It's the best number, isn't it, Greg? Yeah, I nearly didn't turn up in honour of Vic Beasley. I thought, I thought it'd be a, a fitting honour to the man that barely turned up as a Tennessee Titan to not turn up. But I'm here. I made it. <laughs> Unlike Vic Beasley. Um, how are you? How are you, Miles? Um, better take on a number 44? I mean, I'm, I'm just here to get paid and do nothing. So same as every week. Uh, I've just um, just transferred you your payment for this episode. You should have that already. Um, Thank you. Yeah, this this forty four stuff. Um, we obviously brought it up before we came on air. You can probably tell um, a bit of bitterness about Vic Beasley, um, but I don't think it's fair to. We could skip to episode forty five. You know, the Ahmad Hall episode or whatever you want to call it. But um, I don't think that does Jackie Battle justice. Um, who and um, but Lorenzo White going back a long way, mm-hmm. I suspect before your two's time. Definitely before mine, yeah. The lead lead running back in the in the early nineties for the Oilers, number forty four. Um, a lot of time for Lorenzo White. So, well, this this, this one's for you, Lorenzo, if you're listening. Um, get in touch at Transatlantic TN and let us know. I'm sure I'm sure you are wherever you are, Houston or who knows. Um. If, even if you know what happened to Lorenzo White, get in touch. Even if you know who Lorenzo White is, get in touch. <laughs> Hopefully somebody does. <laughs> definitely someone. I'm remembering but... it for the end of year quiz. <laughs> That's definitely going to be one of Adam's questions. Yeah, I might make a note of this. Yeah, it would be. Okay, um, let's come back to or forward to 2020 um, and look at the 10 and 4 Tennessee Titans. Um, that in itself is phenomenal. Um, yet another convincing win against the Detroit Lions. Obviously, it should have been a convincing win. It was um, a game that should be a convincing win. That isn't always necessarily the case. Um, any concerns at any point during this game, Miles? Um, there's no such thing as a convincing Titans winner, sir. <laughs> um, I, I know. I know. Often, I predict it will happen, and it never seems to. Um, the game started off looking like Stafford was well up for a shootout, which, I mean, regardless of how Stafford's feeling, is never a good position to get him in. Um, luckily, the team sort of took advantage of a couple of situations and fumbles here and there, and in the end made the game look safe very early on. And it was one of them where, although we all know that the times could have conceded three or four touchdowns in the past, it never really looked like it was going to happen. Um I did want to start with getting the negative out of the way, which I want to get in there before Greg does that. Yet again, we failed to sack someone who a few days ago couldn't move. Like he couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't 
Like, if we literally stuck a cone there when you're doing drills of defensive linemen and all you have to do is hit the ball off the cone, that's basically what Stafford was for the game and we didn't get near him. So I wanted to get that out of the way that we failed to basically sack a non-moving object. We've got one. There's a stats. No, there's stats. A sack got taken away. Did it? Yeah, Yeah. because... And the same thing happened to Jadavian Clowney in week one at the Broncos. And it's... So he's obviously he's going to end the season without any sacks. Um, but he he kind of had one, but because the snap is was botched, uh, uh, the fumble, um, it doesn't count. So it counts as a, I assume, just as a QB rush for a negative negative yep. yard for some reason. Hell of a hit though. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, Stafford was. You could just he was done after that. He was pretty much throwing his own white flag in as soon as that hit came. Well, it was not long after that Chase Daniel probably <laughs> probably came in, actually. Well, just, um, you never but, want to say we should purposely hurt a quarterback, but taking a, a 15-yard hit on an unsportsmanlike conduct on someone who a few days ago couldn't function is arguably worth it early on in the game, but we couldn't even get there. Yeah, you're not, you're not allowed to say that. We, we might all think it. Um, you know, Greg, Greg Williams would certainly, you know, he'd pay you a bonus if you're doing that, but no, you... Technically, we shouldn't shouldn't be deliberately hurting people. Although, of course, you're right. Like you, it's it's a weakness in the opponent that everybody's aware of, and you think that you'd be able to exploit it somehow. But yeah, you know, it didn't happen until very late. Um, early on, it was a bit like the Colts game in that both teams seemed to want to score at will from the outset. Um, for our first drive, really convincing. Lots of Henry, lots of play action. Tannehill looked faultless. Um, Derek Henry scores the first touchdown. Detroit get the ball. They had what it was probably like an eight or nine minute drive to kick their their game off. They scored as well, and it, it just felt, yeah, something somebody's got to stop somebody um, for this game to take some context. Um, the Titans did get a stop, I think, on the Detroit's next possession. It's fourteen seven, so then it became a two touchdown lead. Faultless offense from the Titans. Um, one of the key passages of play, though, was shortly after that, um, Detroit knocking on the door again. Um, the boy, for his one defensive snap of the game, comes in, um, forces, well, with Daquan Jones, forces a fumble, recovers it, um, stops the Lions scoring like right on the goal line. Um, I just felt that that in itself, it should have been, well, it was, as it turned out, with the moment that, not sealed the game, but stamped our authority on it. Um, where you know we all we all know how we're struggling on defense, so turnovers, big stops like that are key. And then, yeah, just don't don't try and pass out of the shotgun in your own end zone. This is Arthur Smith. I'm sorry, you know, don't overcomplicate things. You've just got a massive and the defense has just come up with a massive play. Um, it's all instantly unraveled by a stupid safety. Now you could say it's a it's bad blocking or Tannehill should have seen him, but I don't he doesn't need to be in that position in the end zone in the first place. Um it says, you know, as I said on the on the video on Monday, just do what the mask says sometimes. Just just give the ball to Derek Henry. There you go. Stop ranting about that. Greg, rant about something else. No, it was a it was a Look, I think it was it was definitely a shootout that it was just it was just big big defensive plays made at the right time. You've got the fumble you mentioned from from Compton. 
Uh, I think both teams had one punt each. So it just showed really just how much of a shootout it kind of was. And, and in the end, those um, those defensive plays to to kind of turn the ball over was was massive. And yeah, I think we got a little bit fortunate. Um, a nice play uh, or a nice drive to get ourselves back nine points in, I think that's just before half time. I think I remember says you're right. Um which was which was which was good, uh, but yeah, the the safety. I'm not really sure what that play call was about. You, you and also the O line is is starting to concern me with the the amount of pressure that Tannehill is starting to get at times. And I think there's going to be better O lines than or better D lines, sorry, than the uh, the lines that we're going to be up against at some point later this season. And I'm a little bit worried that Questenbury and um, yeah, and, and I think interior line, I think, is still pretty strong with Saffold and Davis, but I feel on the outside, there's been some questions asked. I'm a little bit worried about that, to be honest with you. Um, great to see Adoree Jackson back this week, which was yes, both yes. great and a complete miracle, because I must admit, uh, he was about to be joining uh, Vic Beasley on the missing list. Um, so it was... it was He, he looked all right. And I, he actually I was he looked um, solid. Yeah, he... he I thought I was expecting rustiness or just to him just beating all ends up by something, but not a bit of it. From where, no. It wasn't like you didn't notice. Obviously, you don't want to notice a cornerback unless they're getting an interception or dramatic, making a big play. But it felt like you did notice him, but for good things. It yeah, was great he's, to see him back. I think, look, he was never... I thought they might target him quite a bit with that kind of rustiness in mind. But what he did was, was pretty solid. Yeah, nothing kind of... No big splash plays from him. Um, but it's just great to see him back on the field, and I think ultimately it was it, it was great to have him back and just getting a game under his belt because he hasn't played at all this year. So he, you know, he needed a game that where he was going to be tested because we all know what what Stafford can do, um, and he's going to be testing a, tested again this coming week, I think, against uh, against Green Bay. So just getting that game under his belt, coming into the crunch time of the season, I mean, you can't really complain. Um, so yeah, it's great to see him back and, um, yeah, all in all, it was a comfortable win. It never, it never really looked like they were, they were ever really going to challenge us too heavily apart from maybe at the beginning until we kind of just started racing clear. But, um, we did just about enough, I think defensively to, to stop them. But Stafford was having far too much joy for a guy who I can't remember how many ribs it was. He broke last week and could barely breathe and walk last week. It was, it was a bit easy at times for him, which does concern me coming up with games that we've got, we've got to come. Is there, Mars, is there any way of addressing that? To me, the pass rush is by a long way, the biggest concern I've got with this team. And not just, not just because of that area of the field, but better players, you know, Matt Stafford's a top level QB. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to be hopefully facing better ones. Um, yeah. and we've seen how easily Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, they're guys, older guys who can get the ball out quickly. Um, but even you know, anybody really with time should be able to should be able to score on us in the playoffs. Um, can, can we fix it? Is there, is there any way of scheming? Or I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there's some great minds on this within the team. But what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean. I think in the long term, we all know the answer is that we need a defensive coordinator. Short-term answer is with Adore coming back, the hope is that we can shut down receivers more, which means that quarterbacks haven't got the simple sort of drop back and they can hit their first or second reads. Now we've got Adore back, who also Bide actually looked a lot better um, as well. I don't know if it's just because he knew he was there 
they had that little bit extra cover. But if we're going to be covering up, I, th- I think the there's Steelers. a lot of fuss. Just to sorry, no. come back, come back to that in a minute. Just quick aside, I think a lot of fuss has been made about Kevin Byard's form and his performances mm-hmm. dipping. And I, I don't think I necessarily agree with it all. But maybe we'll come back to that. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah, with me with Byard is it's not as much the dipping. It's just he's set such a high bar. That it's almost like if he doesn't have an insane game every single week, it's almost like something's wrong with him. Um, but yeah, if we can cover up the receivers more, for especially like coming up against um, Green Bay, which I know we'll get into, they have a uh, they have a much stronger offensive line. And Aaron Rodgers is brilliant at sort of getting out of the pocket and doing his thing. So if we can start covering up receivers a lot more, we stand a lot more chance of actually having that little bit longer to get towards the quarterback. So I do feel like Adore will be huge for us. Um, other than that, it is going to be a lot of play scheming and just calling plays that hopefully work out. Personnel-wise, I don't think there's that much that's going to change. I think it's more down to getting something out of our cornerbacks than our actual linemen that'll make the difference. Um, so fingers crossed, King and Adore and even Fulton can start yeah. um, giving extra help, which means that the linemen have got more time to actually get to the quarterback, which is... You saw in the Pittsburgh game. I mean, I know Roethlisberger has been doing it all season, apart from the past three games where it sucks. But he's just dumping the ball off. It's just gone. No time to get to the quarterback. If you can get tight to them receivers, the quarterback can't do that. He's holding the ball more, and that leads to more hopeful pressure and sacks. But I do do think a lot of the the scheming has been to take away the big play at the detriment Mm -hmm. of giving up the easy easy first down sometimes. Um, it's just they're just sustaining drives that every team we play against seems to be able to sustain long. I mean, you look at the the Lions game on on Sunday, the first drive they had fourteen plays, took seven minutes off the clock. That's the that's the kind of drive that we do running running yeah. the ball with with Henry. It's not sort of drive that you'd expect our defense to to put up. You don't want your defense on the field for that length of time, even whether it's the beginning of the game or the end or the middle. What doesn't really matter. You don't want them on on for sustained periods because it's just going to grate down on them as time goes by. But that was compounded just... by the fact in the first quarter, compounded by the fact that um, we had a one play touchdown yeah. drive. Yeah. So the defense gets no break at all. Yeah. As, as if it's not hard enough for them. Yeah. The um and just coming back to Bayard, I think I kind of agree, Miles. Your point on the standard is really really high for him. I completely agree. I do think he probably doesn't get as much slack as others because of that but also at the same time there's been a couple of plays this year and and not obviously not Sunday just gone or anything like that probably even weeks prior that he kind of just didn't they looked a little bit lost he looked like there was there was times when he was kind of stuck in no man's land not really sure whether to go left or go right as a you know as a free safety kind of he was just in in a position that you would never really see him in before. He was he's that ball hawk who just kind of knows where things are going. Whereas there was even actually I think it actually might have been the Lions game. Was it Jones's touchdown? I'm not sure if it was him or it might have been someone else covering. I it. think it might, that, be, I think might it be being Ty, hard, but might have been Ty uh, Smith. I can't remember. But that that was a fine example of Stafford having far too much time um, and finding you know threading threading the needle for for Jones and and. It just felt like that was another one that you know sh- should have really been avoided. But this, yeah, this this Sunday coming is going to be a huge challenge for for this defense because they're up against an offense that is flying, um, and that's only going to continue as we get further and further into the season um, or, and into the playoffs. You know, we're going to come up against offenses that you know are going to give us bigger challenges than this Lions offense did, even though they had some success at times. 
I think just to finish on on Bayard, it's it's difficult to tell sometimes whether I mean you mentioned he looked he's looked a bit lost at times. Um, but if the personnel around you aren't doing what you'd expect in that position, I think it's probably quite difficult. Um, and it's yeah, if you're a leader, you should probably be probably have to adapt and you know, make. Obviously, his performance isn't as dominant as it has been. We know the numbers numbers say that. Um, but you get some interceptions can be luck, aren't they? You know, yeah. A ball might just fly your way, um, and you get judged on on those numbers as a as a DB. And it's it's it, tricky. And the, the the bar was set so high. What do you have that year with eight interceptions yeah. or something? You know, you're not going to yeah. do that every year. No, no, no. But I think also it's how they play as a unit. And you've got to look at someone like Vaccaro, who also hasn't played at the level he was playing at last year. And I think he'll be the first to admit that. Well, he's been missing um, a bit randomly, as well. Yeah. Randomly inactive this Sunday as well, just gone. So, you know, it's going to be one of those ones that, you know, obviously Hook has come in. We all know that he's still relatively young in his career, that, you know, it's going to take a bit of time for him to kind of get to that to that same level as Vaccaro in his prime or Bayard. Um so you know, there's always going to be elements like that, and but ultimately, yeah, you've got you've got to compare him on on where he is right now, and where he is right now is not quite the level that we have seen him at. But it was a much much more improved, much better improved performance from him as well as um, in the Sunday just gone. Not only the interception, but you know his overall game. I didn't see him making too many big big errors or just looking a little bit kind of lost as I have seen him this year. Miles, you said that. The personnel isn't going to change, um, but I've seen a, a little bit of a Clay Matthews tease been going on. <laughs> um, a man who, well, on his on his day, is as as good as any outside linebacker out there. Um, he's not currently working. Um, I've no idea if there's any seriousness into this stuff, um, but he mentioned something on Twitter apparently that. He, yeah, he could he could help a team out. He could definitely, you know, even a a sixty percent Clay Matthews would surely improve the the Titans' pass rush, wouldn't it? Is this just um, is this a bit like oh let Vic Beasley he'll be great kind of yeah it's, it's, yeah, I don't uh, know. it's, it's Suggs still out there looking for like who was it who picked that him up at towards the end of his career? It's like I don't know. I mean Clay Matthews ended his career in Green Bay in quite a negative spot where. They've changed the rules and how you're allowed to sack a quarterback now. And like I, I believe that he gave away a lot of penalties because he would rough the passer with his sacks. And I thought he would have just completely given up on the sport because it, his final season just seemed to be penalty after penalty for roughing the passer because he's just the game's gone for him. It's almost like modern English football where you can't put a tackle in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just thought with Clay Matthews, he was doing the sport. Would he make a difference? <sighs> To me, you're going to get the odd sort of veteran who's going to be like, well, this team stands a chance to get into the playoffs. Would they maybe get to a Super Bowl? Is this a is this an easy way of just trying to get a sort of little couple mil oh. here just to sort of tie me over into the playoffs? I mean, if Clay Matthews came in, there's every chance he'd, he'd come in and get a sack for us. But, I mean... He's 34 years old. I'm just having a look. So, I mean... He's I mean, not he's gonna... got amazing hair and looks good for his age. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> Whether or not he can sack a quarterback still, I... I I'm sure. I'm sure he can. I'm sure he could probably offer us something. But where this came from, I don't know. But he, John Glennon, during, this is during the game on Sunday. That if in case in case you were 
keeping track, the Titans have now gone 11 full quarters without a sack. Now that's obviously up to 12 or 13 now. Um, and Clay Matthews quote tweeted that with a, a suggestive gif, shall we say. <laughs> he, doesn't have, he doesn't have a job. Of course he's going to do that. Like He's going to be thrown out there. But, you know, there's, there's guys who could potentially come in and, and, and help, but are they going to make that much but of a is, difference? Is the... There's someone like Cameron Wake is another example, right, of, of someone yeah, who could okay. come in. No, well, I say knows a scheme knows last year's scheme um yeah but knows the personnel around him and and probably a little bit better than someone like clay matthews is he going to make that impact that's going to go and all of a sudden get us two three sacks a game i, I honestly i don't really see it to be honest but i, I do think what's, we need, what's the risk need... with a signing like that though no that's like, it what, you know if if yeah. it what's the worst going to happen he comes in for a couple of drives you realize he's terrible and that's it you're not going to pay him very much i guess it depends who you then lose in the in the team right because you've got to drop someone ultimately so who, who are you dropping and i think there's probably guys there that you could drop but then i don't know it's, it's always going to be a bit of a bit of a toss-up but the 100 of the pass rush is is the biggest issue with this defense and we've had issues in secondary all year i feel like adori coming back that's going to start moving in the right direction hopefully um this the pass rush is the biggest issue and in, in games you mentioned um Roethlisberger getting the ball out before anyone could even get close to him Phil Rivers did the same thing in the first game in Nashville um I think back, back just... in those games that was more trying to take advantage of our secondary um and even with the best pass rush in the world you're not going to get to Roethlisberger or Rivers if they're throwing the ball within half a second of whatever the snap. I, I may be exaggerating here. No, 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 no. Not, you're not, you're not wrong. That's of a soft coverage, though, but we're forced into a soft coverage because of how bad they've been. Whereas if you can play a hard coverage on receivers, they don't have that time to do it. But then it's, it's the high-risk, high-reward of if you're playing tight, you could get beaten at the back. That's where I feel like Adore's pace is going to come in and make the difference, where they feel like we've got someone who they know can keep up with them speedier receivers. The thing and you is, never know next couple of games. With this defense, though, that you you kind of feel like even without a Dory, um, there's been games that they've played a bit harder. They've, they've they've stopped those windows to make quick throws. Yet still, no one's got close to the quarterback. Um, so I don't. I think you know, Dory's going to help that massively. That there's no doubt about that. You know, there, you know, there's a reason why he was such a high draft pick, and I think the reason why he's, he's such an important part of what we've got right now. But I do. I, I. I think pass rush until we can start putting some pressure on on quarterbacks. It's it's just going to be. I mean, if we ever get around to playing Patrick Mahomes, you give Patrick Mahomes that much time in in the pocket. He's just gonna. He's just gonna. I don't, don't want to think you. about. I don't no, think about that. But he is just going to destroy you ultimately. And I know we're not there yet to even get to that point to talk about potentially playing Casey in any kind of playoff game. But you've got to be preparing a little bit for the likelihood that you're going to be facing someone like that. Um, and again, also Rogers. Even this, this Sunday, you know the O line is a hell of a lot better than most that we've faced. Um, and well, it won't, be, won't gonna... make any difference. We're not getting pressure anyway. <laughs> no, but <laughs> so the point being, you can go and bring in Clay Matthews overnight and say, "Go on, then Clay, go and do your best." And I mean, he would love to go back to Green Bay. I'm sure after maybe everything. That, now. Maybe that's part of it for him. Possibly, possibly. That's probably why he keeps quote tweeting stuff. But you know, you can go and chuck him in there, and and you know, that O line's a lot a lot better than a lot of the O lines we faced this year. And it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those it's one of those ones that p- pass rush is gonna be 100% the main focus next year. And I think I felt like in the off season this year coming or the year this year, it kind of was as well. 
that's why we paid money to get Clowney in. Uh, that's why we took the punt on Beasley. And well, I, th- it, I think, you know, arguably we drafted Asaya Wilson because we thought we were going to get Clowney. That's the irony of it all. Um, yeah, and we got we got neither. Well, yeah, quiet. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. Obviously, see what happens with Wilson next year, but we can't hope for too much at this stage. Um, just uh, well, we we seem to be talking about how bad our defense is, and it you know arguably it is at the moment. Um, the Titans are going to be barring a ridiculous miracle, um, uh, because it's not mathematically set in stone. We're going to be a playoff team. And but a playoff team with a phenomenal offense, an offense that ranks literally number one in sort of three different key metrics now in the entire NFL, and I bet people don't know that. So you know, as much as we should we should and do have concerns about the defense, that's probably why the Titans are ten and four rather than thirteen and or twelve and one. What's my maths? I don't know how many games we've played, um, but. Ryan Tannehill, we, we, we talked, we've talked so much about Derek Henry. We've talked a fair amount about A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, um, John U. Smith, others, obviously. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, Derek Henry had another of those 140-yard rushing games that you don't even notice. It's just like seven or eight yards on first down. It's just routine. Um, just stiff-armoured defender into oblivion. It's just routine for him. But I, I want to show a bit more love to Tannehill, who... I, I, yeah, we, we know what the narrative is. Uh, this is a guy who obviously does a, more than just hand the ball off to Derek Henry, but the whole accusation that anybody could do a job um, when you've got Henry and when you've got what he does. Well, Marcus couldn't, ultimately. Um, Tannehill, just the, that game was virtually faultless. And it, it was we were at the point now, yeah, Detroit don't have the best coverage in the, in the NFL on defense, but Tannehill drops back play action or just a shotgun, whatever he's doing. As soon as he's launching that throw, I've got confidence in him. And it's a weird feeling following the Titans with everything that's gone before. He's, he's it's launching that of... ball downfield. You've got, I think every time he does it, I think there's going to be a good outcome rather than just fear. Oh no, what's going, what's going on here? I mean, it's, Corey it's... Davis has turned into a prime Tyreek Hill under him. <laughs> the connection that he's getting yeah. with all these different players is, I mean, we're such an unpopular team, but if you look at the stats of Tannehill compared to anyone, even Mahomes, like the past, what, 32 games or whatever, he's he's right up there in terms of touchdowns, but he's also looking after the ball. I know we always say that he seems to hold on to it a little bit too long, but when you compare it to a lot of the other quarterbacks out there, he's still not giving it away that much. And like you're saying with his throws, it's very rare where he throws a ball where you think he's going to throw a, a doozy and it's going to get intercepted. Like when it happens, it's just sort of like, uh, he shouldn't have done that. But it's like, you don't expect it anymore. Like years of Mariota and Locker and everyone else, it's sort of just like, you don't expect the quarterback to be able to take it again by the horns and just go out there and do it. He's a talented quarterback. He always was. And the scheme just wasn't right in Miami. And now he's shown the difference it can make when you have a confident sort of, I'll say a confident line in front of you. They've been iffy, but the line in front of them is doing a job. But then his link up with Davis and Brown is just something that you don't expect to happen so quickly. And a lot of the talk at this season was, did he deserve to get paid as much as he did? And I bet not a single person's questioning it now. It, he's, it, proved, just... he's proved that already. And then right. some, like, I know we'll get into, like, talks of other quarterbacks that have been voted in this year in terms of 
Pro Bowls and everything else, but I have no idea how he's not getting talked about more. It, it's just because we're an unpopular team, but he's been he's been unbelievable. And I, I was going to call him a bargain, but then I forgot the contract we did give him. But bear in mind that we took him from Miami with just a show and do what you can, be a backup, and he's coming and no one could have seen him doing it's a, it's a big contract, but good teams pay top-level quarterbacks big money. That's normal. That's how it should work. Unless, unless you're at that lucky stage that Seattle had with Russell Wilson, where there's a third round draft pick and he's on a rookie deal. Um, but, you know, since that deal ended, they've been struggling to sort out their cap and be the, the team that they were. You know, it's, it's, it's so rare to do it another way. You know, this, is, this, is, this is how it should go. Um, just, yeah, Titans offense are the leader, currently leading the NFL in yards leading the NFL in points and leading the NFL in touchdowns. So there's a, there's a lot going right. And there's a lot that you know, the Titans don't get the credit that he deserves. Tannehill certainly doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned the, the pro bowl, pro bowl miles, um, pro bile. That'd be a better word for it. Um, <laughs> Call it anything. doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really, I don't think there's much to, to say. So they're from the Titans, Henry and AJ Brown are the only two names going to the Pro, Pro Bowl this year, going to the virtual Pro Bowl, of course. It's not actually a game, which is fine. That makes no difference to me. But that means that alternates or whatever are completely irrelevant. This is just a, a roster that's been picked. Um, the way it's picked means it has no real credibility anyway. Um who who should be there from the Titans that isn't? Maybe that's the question. I think I think Tannehill one hundred percent obviously is a is a bit of a snub. I think if you look at the AFC quarterbacks, um, I mean, you kind of feel for Deshaun Watson because I mean that's that could easily be a team with one or two wins that he, I think he does kind of carry a little bit. But to get to give him a spot, I think considering. Houston's season, I think it's a bit rich, but yeah, the fact he's not he's not there is a bigger snub. But the only other one outside of that, I think you probably could arguably give a spot to. I actually think Saffold deserves a bit of a credit this year. I think him and Nate Davis, in all honesty, have been been great in that in, in that line, when especially as it's been moved around quite a bit with injuries, etc. Um, and then on on the defensive side, I don't personally don't think anyone deserves to be there. But if you had to pick one, I think Malcolm Butler's definitely had probably his best year as a Titan. Um, but that is again, you know, in a relatively struggling yeah. defense, to be honest. So, yeah, I don't really care about the Pro Bowl. I, I think it's a it's a joke when it does go ahead. Normally, it's one of those popularity contests. Um, you've got the fact that the Lions had three players and we've only had two. Pretty much shows the credibility of it. <laughs> the one that I mean, it's it's NFC selection I, that looked odd to me. Um, Kamara from the Saints, who hasn't had a hundred yard rushing game this season. Um, he's going to the Pro Bowl. I mean, nothing against him, it's, uh, but it's it's picking players on past glories a little bit. I'm not saying he's had a bad season, but I bet I could find a running back in the NFC who's had a better one. Um, the T- Tannehill thing, yeah, Deshaun Watson's place is the, the one you could argue he, he'd replace on this season. Um, yeah, you could definitely argue that. Not, not, I mean, Mahomes and Josh Allen, that's probably fair enough for the other two QBs, but... Um, it does. It feels a bit like just having two names feels a bit like a snub. But when you actually look at it, I don't see, don't see too many others other than Tannehill who probably force someone else out. Um, 
trying to keep the glasses clear and not not too two tone blue tinted. Obviously, yeah, the other one who definitely deserves to be there. He could have played no games this year and deserves to be there. Is Brett Kern? Oh, okay. Um, How did I miss that? Yes, of course. So, absolute yeah. joke that he hasn't made the list. And as I said, he could have. I mean, he could have slapped my nan, and I still would have given him a spot. So, it's, yeah, that's a bit of a that is. He's, he's not going to do that. Come no, on. I'm not saying he would. Just saying, no. if he ever did. No, but he might punter for fifty yards and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. I mean, you just got to see. Just got to see what happened in the week or two weeks that we uh, that we didn't have him and. I mean, there was one game that was relatively okay, but the other was a complete dog show. So he's, uh, yeah, how he hasn't been picked is is an absolute miracle. The guy's just regulation within 20 yards every punt. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The Titans are 10 and 4, as we've said. Um, we've got two two trips on the road to finish the season at the Packers and the Texans. Um, what we're going to try and do is predict a few, a few scenarios. I've got the the good old ESPN playoff machine up in front of me. Um, that does mean we've got uh, 32 games um, that we're going to predict very quickly and um, between us um, in the whole of the, in the whole of the NFL. So week 16 um, Vikings at saints. I, I'm guessing saints. we're going to take the saints there. Um, Bucks at lions. I mean, I've I'm selecting the bucks. Feel, feel free to argue with any of these. That might be a quicker way of doing this. Um, Forty nine is forty nine is at Cardinals. Um, Cardinals for Ooh, me. Cardinals there, I must admit. Not that forty nine are done. The Titans too much. Um, here we go though. Miami at Las Vegas, the Battle of Hawaii, possibly. How do you see that one? I'm saying I'm saying Dolphins personally. I think they uh, I think their defense is pretty good, and they've got enough on offense to beat that Raiders defense. Okay, Miles, do you agree? No, Mariotta's Mariotta at the wheel, though. I mean, that's, <laughs> exactly. a, that's a tough one. That, no, I mean, yeah, Dolphins <laughs> Dolphin, Dolphin should be. They, they they have much more to play for. Okay, the Dolphins I'll put in there. My heart will obviously say the Raiders. That goes without saying. Um, just a little side rant on that. Oh, I, I, we know who I'm thinking of here. Um, if you've got a problem with anybody wishing... Marcus to have a good game, then you're the idiot. Um, I'm going to move on very quickly. Um, <laughs> Browns at Jets. Uh, Browns for the Browns. Browns. Yeah, yeah. Jets again. Giants at Ravens. 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 Yeah. Um, Colts at Steelers. This is the key one in Week 16. I, I, my opinion, I think the Steelers are done for. Uh, I think the Colts are winning this game. I think. They've got far too much on defense against that offense. Um, I know Steelers' defense is pretty good. I wouldn't expect a massively high-scoring game, but I think they'll edge that. Okay. Miles, do you agree? Completely. Uh, I can't even outvote you then in that case. All right. Well, Would uh, you, though? Would you? <laughs> only because the Steelers are going to be angry. I get, they were I get that. They were absolutely humiliated, and they haven't... This idea that you can become—they were eleven and zero. They—they're not a bad football team. No, no, no. There's—I'm not. I don't think it's. I mean, logically, you have to lean towards the Colts in that game. Um, but you know, they are on the road. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, you two have said the Colts, so no, there you go. This is a this is a democracy. It should be a dictatorship, but it's not. It's a democracy. <laughs> 
Um, right, <laughs> Bengals at Texans. I'm going to put Houston in. It doesn't really matter. Um, Chicago at Jacksonville. It's got some interest with the number one pick, but um, it's nothing that's going to affect the Titans too much. Bears, Bears are actually looking all right at the moment. <laughs> I think they've they've started to pick it up. Okay, Chicago for what it's worth. Um, Falcons <laughs> at Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs, all Chiefs all day long. Um, <laughs> Broncos at Chargers. Oh. I, I think char- I've gone Chargers on mine. But okay. I think that, I'd say Chargers because Broncos defense looked dreadful last week. Yeah, they don't, don't look. Yeah, they're a bit. Don't look great overall. I don't. They don't have any Chargers for me as well. Yeah. Um, Panthers at the football team. Um, let's probably select the football team just because they're at home. Does anyone disagree? No, Does anyone went, care went, about that? I went Washington as well. Not that I care, but yeah. if Alex yeah. Smith's playing, I'd say Washington because Dwayne Haskins is too busy in strip clubs. Apparently, yeah, that's a, could be a fact. I don't know how much the nature of his injury actually, but it's not going to affect us anyway. Um, Eagles at Cowboys again want, doesn't affect us. On Eagles, okay, fine. Don't care. Um, LA Rams at Seahawks. I've got Seattle. Seahawks. Um, Titans at Packers. We will come back to that. Um, Bills at Patriots. It's the Bills. Yep. Um, into week 17. Um, Dolphins at Bills has to be the Bills, unless there's a weird scenario where they're not playing for anything. Um, yeah, the Bills could be in a situation where they've already tied up. Well, they've already tied up the division, haven't they? Yeah, but they could they could have tied up the number two seed by that point potentially. I don't actually would know. It would be too close. I think. I think they could still they'll still have something to play for there, unless Kansas City go and lose and Buffalo win. Yeah, this this is even, this even is why you get sure. divisional games. Yeah, the, <laughs> to stop the stop teams rolling over. Um, because I think the Bills want... the Bills will have enough to play for to to go strong in that game. Okay, um, Jets at Patriots. But doesn't really matter. <laughs> Patriots, I assume, are going to win. Um, Ravens at Bengals. I'm going to suggest the Ravens get the win they'll need on the road, even if the Steelers couldn't win there. Yeah. Um, Steelers at Browns. That's a big one. So I, I've actually said Steelers will win this one. I think they'll beat. I think they'll beat Cleveland. It's all in Cleveland's head. I think they'll they will bottle it. Cleveland. They're bouncing. Miles, do you agree with that? Yes, I think the Ravens are putting too much pressure on Cleveland, and yeah, they'll end up bottling. Okay. Baker Mayfield will do what Baker Mayfield should be doing. It's been <laughs> awful. All right, Titans, Texans, we'll come back to again. Um, Jags at Indy. I'd love to say Jacksonville, but logically we can't. Um, Chargers at Chiefs. It's the Chiefs. Cowboys at Giants. Well, Cowboys. Um, Washington at Philadelphia. Philadelphia, who knows? Washington, I don't care. I'm rattling through the NFC teams. Packers to beat the Bears. Um, Vikings to beat the Lions. Saints to beat the Panthers. Bucks to beat the Falcons. Um, Raiders at Broncos. I've said Raiders. Okay, yeah, I probably agree. Um, Cardinals at Rams. I'll go Rams win, and then the Seahawks to win in wherever San Francisco are playing these days. Um, then... Yeah, we need to talk about the two Titans games. I mean, let's say for sake of argument that we don't win in Lambeau and we do win in Houston. That would put the Titans, unfortunately, with an away wildcard game. And that would be in Pittsburgh, looking at the way these scenarios all pan out. Luckily, we're winning the next two games then. 
<laughs> to be honest well, with you, that, if... that's that's what you need to do. So, like, we just have to we have to win the next two. I think we have to kind of take Indianapolis out of the equation. That's all you can do. I do, I can't see Indianapolis. I mean, look, the Steelers game is not going to be easy for them. I still just think the Steelers. I get your point on them playing angry, but I, I just think they they're they're on their they're on their asses at the moment, and I can't see them getting back up that quickly. They'll have the last the last week of the season. To, to then play a divisional game that might pick them back up again. But I think we've just got to win out. And okay. If we do win out, it would be a home game against the Colts, given everything else. I'm not sure which one I could stomach less. That's that's a tricky one, isn't it? The It's interesting, because you look at... Yeah, you, the, the scenarios. I mean, we'll know by the time we play the Packers how the Colts have got on. So that's that feels like an advantage in itself. Um, are they Monday Night Football? No, the Colts are. are no, they're not. They're uh, sometime on the Sunday afternoon. So we will know um, in in Green Bay. I mean, it it shouldn't make any difference. We're obviously still. Should the Colts lose, the Titans will know they can lose and then win in Houston to win the division, which might take the pressure off a bit. Um, but I think it. So yeah. here's here's a scenario that I'm ran, randomly going through this uh, ESPN machine as well. But uh, we could face Baltimore at home if the Steelers beat the Colts, we lose to Green Bay, and then we both win the final game of the, the season. We beat Houston, they beat the Jags. We if the Steelers face... beat the Colts, it doesn't matter what we do in Lambeau. We're facing Baltimore at home anyway, by the looks of it. Which yeah. is interesting. So it might be another one. Remember that Saints game a year ago where week 16 didn't mm. matter? Yeah. I feel like this, this obviously, well, this, this 100% does. Because I still think, I think Houston, you should go and win that game. But I'm, there's, I always hate going into Houston. I don't know if it's just because yeah. I've got history there where I, the game that I watch personally. But I always feel like that game is never a gimme. I think if you if you yeah against the Jags even you kind of feel like you would have way more confidence. But yeah, the, the Titans could win in Lambeau and lose in Houston, and it will still be Baltimore at home in that scenario. So. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that we can go into Week 17 with very little stress. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's heavily reliant on us beating Green Bay and then hoping that the Steelers do us a favour. And I mean that that would just be the absolute dream. But we don't do things by dreams. We do things by as much pain as possible. So you say stress. It shouldn't be an actual playoff berth on the line this time. A no, home game would obviously be big. I just want to win the division. division. I, know, I feel I know. like this year of all years, you can't, you can't go 11-5 and five or 12-4 and four and not win a division in my mind. I think for, for the Titans, sure. you know, But for us to not win the division after the season we've had, and what we've kind of got ourselves over would be a bit of a kick in the knackers, I think. And yet, someone's going to win the NFC East with a nine and seven record. So yeah, seven cur- nine record. Even currently, I've got Washington at seven and nine. Yeah. To to face Tampa, which is uh, based on what I've predicted on there, which uh, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't get more Tampa than that either, could you? With with Brady. <laughs> Just imagine if he lost. <sighs> All right. Um. As far as the Packers game goes, I think we've probably covered. I think we know what we're. It should be a high-scoring game. Um, quick score prediction for both of you, though. Um, Miles. Oh, I have to do some quick maths. So Henry's going to have four touchdowns. Greg. 
<laughs> uh, look, from my side, I think we're. I think we are going to lose this one narrowly. I'm, I'm if I'm being uh, kind of honest with myself as much as it pains me to say I do think we've got a chance though I think we could upset them I think we've got enough in the running game to do that I think score prediction will be high I'm going to go 38-34 okay Miles we're going to win 45-42 okay I think we can win I don't necessarily I'm not saying that with that much confidence yeah a a similar score line to to what you said, Greg. Um, teams have played the Packers close in Lambeau. The Jags have. The Eagles have. And the Panthers did. Um, it's going to be a snow like... game as well, isn't it? Haven't they said it might be the first, first one of the year? In which I case, do you want to tackle see... Henry when you're cold? No, but I mean, the Packers know what they're doing in the snow, let's face it. But I don't think it would worry me as a Titans fan as it would perhaps worry some teams, just how we're built. I don't, it doesn't yeah. particularly concern me. Um Greenberg me bang bang after that first seed as well. Let's not forget. So I think they're they're gonna they're not just gonna be resting on their laurels. I know they've already secured the title, but they're gonna be they're gonna want that number one seed, they're gonna want that buy. They Rogers might well get it even if they lose to us. So that's that's you know, they they've got the Bears in their last game, so that they want to get it sewn up, as you say. Yeah. But they, it could still be there for them even if they lose. Um right, I'm gonna bring in um, a representative from the official representative from the Packers. Um, it's uh, Brett Favre to talk. No, um, we'll. Uh... I tried. <laughs> you did try. You did put a tweet out. Um, but assuming Brett doesn't make it, um, let's let's hear from Ollie instead. Right, joining us now on the podcast. Um, if you don't know who Ollie Hunter is, then frankly, where have you been? Um, you might know him from Talksport or the or the Gridiron Show. Uh, but welcome, Ollie. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, Adam. I'm all right. Um, it's it's an odd thing to be talking to you about the Titans and the Titans being good, and <laughs> us as two football fans being in sort of the same boat where. We're looking, well, Green Bay, we are looking at, uh, at the playoffs yet again. But the Titans, it's been a resurgence under Mike Vrabel and been a fun one to watch, given um, all the weapons, given Ryan Tannehill, um, Derek Henry. Uh, it's, it's been really interesting to watch the resurgence of a, of a football team that other podcasts, we won't name them, um, <laughs> have lambasted the team and uh, and ridiculed them and now you're far from ridicule so actually it's quite nice to see i mean i'll happily name dan hansis if if that's where we were going well that's go that's exactly else. where i was going um <laughs> something to do with tytoons and 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 such like but um yeah it's it's nice to it's nice to see the titans it when you're when you support a team in, from a, an opposite division or, or sorry, an opposite conference, um, you end up having soft spots, well, probably because of fantasy, probably because of maybe you've, maybe you've been there or, or you, you end up liking certain players from, from there. So I've got a bit of a man crush on Christian McCaffrey. All right, he's not from a, a, a different conference. But yeah. um, he, I, I look out for the Panthers and I kind of like to see the, the Panthers, because of him, do well. Not that he's playing at the moment, which is extremely annoying for the one year in, that I managed to draft him in, in fantasy. Um, 
But uh, but when it comes to the Titans, Tennessee uh, and Nashville is on my bucket list of places to go. I haven't been there yet. I'm desperate to go. It was. I think I probably would have tried to have got there this year if it wasn't for for this little virus thing that's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I will definitely get there next year. But also, I love I love the way that the Titans play. I know we're here to talk about the, the Packers, but you've got me on, so I'm going to blow some smoke up uh, your you-know-what. Um, <laughs> it's always nice to hear that. It's, yeah. when it's, it's, we're not a fashionable team, um, as everybody knows. It's not, it's not the done thing to blow smoke up the Titans. It's the done thing to blow smoke up the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes or, mm. you know, generally the new england patriots uh, although um not so much recently um which is great uh, but isn't yeah. that the best thing about football at the moment that they have they have fallen massively off a cliff <laughs> it's just brilliant I, I, every week and i don't care if it means other people are going to get into the playoffs or other teams beat the the patriots that i generally don't like the patriots are like manchester united it's wonderful to see them fall off a cliff not do anything it's so good <laughs> i don't know how many years of mediocrity it would take um to actually sort of will them on a little bit i reckon at least 60 or 70 um but look we can we, yeah, we're not here to talk about the patriots either um we're, well, you brought them up yeah uh, no, it's hard not to um just yeah. to just yeah. to get that one in um, now we're here to talk about the 11 and 3 green bay packers and and what's going to be a battle of well, pretty much two of the best offenses in the NFL, if not the best two. Um, yeah, whatever, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I've got to stop mentioning him. Uh, so, yeah, Sunday night football. Yeah, imagine that game being Sunday night football about five years ago. It would never have been near it. Um, but here we are. Um, the Packers, I think the, the only two seasons they've missed the playoffs in recent living memory have been, I think, the last two under Mike McCarthy. Um, you brought Matt LaFleur in, who's got, Aaron Rodgers firing again. Um, what do you think the secret's been to that? Um, when you know, a lot, a lot of people are probably writing Aaron Rodgers off two years ago. <laughs> and those people are idiots. Um, I think, <laughs> I think that uh, the secret has been just a change of, of not scenery, but a change of um, direction from up above for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was so stale with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's methods were, were, were growing old. He was being left behind by the league. And we've seen that in Dallas where, all right, they've had the, the Dak Prescott injury gutting for everyone because Dak is an all-round great guy. But Mike McCarthy, even before that, the, the Cowboys weren't playing well. So in comes Matt LaFleur and a different offensive scheme. And it was always going to take a little bit of bedding in time. Green Bay made the playoffs last year. Um, NFC they, Championship game. They, exactly. So it, this is almost a progression of, all right, so the betting in period with Aaron and the lack of receiving options and, 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 and all of that, uh, let's kick on the next year. And Aaron Rodgers, with the, the little rocket of Jordan Love um, <laughs> being drafted, uh, you almost really forget seen, that. Later, well, in, you so do, late in the season because, because he hasn't been activated. So he's even he. You just see him in his, um, just in his in his Packers hoodie and his his Packers paraphernalia on the sideline, um, mask on because he's not being activated to to even back up 
Aaron Rodgers. So all of that, um, the familiarity of of the offense, um, the trusting, I think trust is a huge thing, um, the trusting of Matt LaFleur, um, and then the the rocket of of having a young young gun sat behind him, a a bit like, and and there are a lot of similarities of when he came in um, and was drafted in the first round by, by, by... by the Packers and Brett Favre was there and it was three years where he watched and learned under Brett Favre. And there are a lot of stories about uh, that their relationship wasn't great. And some similar ones started to come out at the beginning of the season. Those have been kiboshed or quashed um, the, so far this year. But I think it is just a case of one more year, a lot more trust and um, even more incentive because I think Aaron knows that, Coming up to, he's 37, 38. He's only got a, a few more years. You see that Brady, um, Brady's no longer throwing those deep balls. Drew Brees, is, is, his arm has, has, has evaporated, as has Big Ben's, which is a, another great thing to see <laughs> later on in this, in this season. So these older, older QBs are starting to lose their powers. Rodgers seems to be getting better. And that is a scary thing for the the rest of the NFC, the rest of, nay, the rest of uh, the NFL. (laughs) You've also got what's become a really strong running game led by Aaron Jones, which I don't think, is it it fair to say that that hasn't been the case in, you know, even when the Packers went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, um, Aaron Jones has come in and given that offense another dimension. Um, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has got plenty of receivers, um, tight ends, coming in um yeah it's there's there aren't any weaknesses with your offense are there please say there are i don't think there are actually i really don't think they are the the running game well, let's start there the running game is um exquisite really um, aaron jones was the star um he was actually drafted around later than jamal williams but his in the same draft in 2017 but um it's Aaron Jones that's really kicked on. He's, he's brilliant north to south. He finds the creases on the outside. He's great in the passing game. He's a really good run blocker as well. And Jamal Williams, who, who left the game actually last week, um, is a really good complementary back. So what you'll see is normally um, Aaron Jones take the, take the main reps for two drives and then Jamal Williams will come in for the third and then back to the to Aaron Jones. Uh, if it so happens that um, Jones isn't really hitting his straps, then Jamal Williams will take the lead. And that's something that's, that's, that's been okay. Williams has also been a bit of a third down back as well. So another good run blocker, but also good in catching those little dump offs. And we have our very own Derek Henry-esque back in AJ Dillon who was drafted in the second round this year. And he is massive. He is massive. He's suffered with COVID this year. Um, He's one of those guys that actually did get ill from COVID. So he missed a big chunk of the season. He's just starting to come back to full fitness. And it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a little bit of AJ Dillon uh, against the Titans in a sort of, well, you've got uh, big man, stiff arm Henry himself. And uh, we have our own, uh, our own prototype in AJ Dillon. Uh, the offensive line is is playing lights out football. When you lose someone like Brian Balaga, you think how are you going to how are you going to get over that? Well, um, 
Lucas Patrick's been brilliant. Um, the centre, El- Elkson Jen- Jenkins has been excellent. Billy Turner, brilliant. And then David Bakhtiari, um, who some people may remember catching up Aaron Jones in a <laughs> 75-yard run earlier. And then you've got that receiving core. Um, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. I don't care what anyone says. Um, a lot of people think that DeAndre Hopkins may out him on that, but Adams is, is putting up incredible numbers and he's missed three games this year, which is ridiculous. Um, if there is one slight, slight worry, it's that the, the backup receivers are, um, are hot and cold. So MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard, they can go off and have uh, big touchdowns but they can also make some silly drops. And um, maybe... How dare I bring up that Colts game, which hurts me or probably almost as much as it hurts you. Yeah, uh, I the, don't want to the... talk about that. Agreed, so, yeah, don't, agreed. Yeah, don't bring that up. Sorry. <laughs> You'll forgive. <laughs> Thank you. One of the nice things, obviously, about having Derek Henry is not having to face him um, like other teams have to. <laughs> so AJ Dillon might be, might be a concern. Um, what about the other side of the ball, which... For similarly to the Titans, I suspect it's not the best side of the ball. I'm being polite, um, mostly about my own team here. Um, but um, I'd like to think that both on the ground and in the air, um, that the Titans can get some success. Um, can the Packers stop Derek Henry? Can the Packers stop Ryan Tannehill? Um, they can. I'm not sure that they will. Mike Petten seems to outthink himself, which is which is a difficult thing to do when you, when <laughs> someone like me is questioning Mike Petten's overall intelligence. So outthinking, um, outthinking someone when you don't have much brains to outthink someone, but then that person doesn't have much brains anyway. Um, it's, <laughs> it's the, the never-ending circle. Um, when they, when pack, when the Packers come up against these elite running backs. Uh, Dalvin Cook is is one prime example at Lambeau Field in in another defeat that we had earlier on in the season. It was stacking the box, uh, seven men trying to restrict um, Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook has this incredible ability to make one or two cuts and get to the outside, and then suddenly there's all of this open field. If you're doing that and you overcommit to to stopping the run, obviously that leaves you susceptible not only for those outside runs, but also in the passing game. And that's where I think that Ryan Tannehill could do some bits, quite frankly. Um, I'm not sure seven men can stop stop Derrick Henry. So um, my heart says that, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But my head says no, because we have previous. We, the, the, run, the rush defense isn't good. All right, it can put up some numbers, but that it that's kind of that's misleading as well because often Green Bay will go up big, and teams don't want to run when you've scored twenty one points in the first half or in a quarter. So your run, your your rushing yards uh, per game actually looks better than it is. Green Bay's rush defense isn't good, and I I do expect Derek Derek Henry to get at least 120 yards on the ground, maybe a few more through the air. I know he, he's only been targeted to 13 times, is it? He's, he's caught balls this season. So, yeah, that sounds, um, sounds yeah. about right. Does it, it, yeah, it doesn't, his pass-catching ability doesn't 
really add to add too much to to what he gives but what he gives is more than enough <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of all right with that um in terms of anybody well give me a name or a couple of names if you like of players that Titans fans won't know about who we should either be fearful of on Sunday or look out for well there's a player that maybe you do know about but is going slightly under the radar. And that player, I'll do one, one on each, one on offense and one on defense. Mercedes Lewis. We definitely know about him. I know you know about him, (laughs) but he is unheralded in in this Packers offense because he's the the best um, blocking tight end in the league. All right, you've got... uh, You've got um, George Kittle when he's fit. He's a fantastic blocker. But... um, I think it's Matt LaFleur said that uh, Mercedes Lewis blocks like an offensive lineman. Um, what he does is he's often in on, on um, rushing downs to help with the blocking or, or, or obvious passing downs where it's four wide receiver sets or, or three and a half, three wide receiver sets. And you're thinking, right, that's it. It's going to be a wide receiver bomb down, down the sideline. But Mercedes Lewis will, will peel out and uh, in, catch a ball and then go in for a touchdown. So Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tunyon, the, the other tight end, are two people that you should really look out for on the offense. On the defense, um, a lot has been talked about Jair Alexander. Um, I think that's a, a reason why the Packers only have eight interceptions because their teams aren't throwing to the side, which is often... Uh, the Packers' left side, um, it will be your offensive right-hand side. Um, people don't throw to Jair Alexander because he's one of the best corners in the league. So um, you won't actually see much of him because I doubt Tannehill will throw that way. But the inside linebacker of Kamal Martin, uh, is, he's just coming into his own over the last couple of weeks. He's had a couple, he's had a sack uh, each of the last two weeks. Um, he is explosive. Uh, down the middle he's also a really good um, cover uh, linebacker as well when it comes to uh, side to side I'm not saying he is a a Luke Keekley he's far from it but he can he does have that that speed and awareness to get from side to side and also disrupt the middle of that line when it comes to um, to rushing plays and trying to get to that quarterback so Kamal Martin on the defense okay um, if I'm going to force you to to predict a scoreline, um, I, I'm predicting points. Um, that's all I'm going to commit to. Lots of them, and um, for both teams, hopefully. Um, how do you how do you see it ending? Well, I see it. Well, both teams are 31 points per game, aren't they? Uh, it can't be a, It can't be a <laughs> nine tie. six. I, it is then. Yeah. 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 Um, I I think Green Bay will go up big at the start. They'll let Tennessee come back and then Aaron Rodgers will have a game-winning drive um, in the fourth quarter to take it 34-31. Okay, fair enough. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I, I honestly don't know. The, the Titans are such... I mean, we've lost to the Bengals this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, with the... Teams we've beaten, we've beaten the Bills, um, the Ravens and Colts on the road. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird season, full stop. Um, I think with the strength of our offence and the weakness of just basically not having a pass rush on, on defence means yeah. that we can beat anybody, 
but equally we can lose to just about anybody um, on, a, on another day. So the defence needs, we, if we get two or three turnovers, um, it gives us a good chance to win. But if we can't stop Aaron Rodgers, which I can see being the case, it could be a, a very difficult game. It means that the offence just can't make mistakes, you know, however good you are. Um, a couple of three and outs at the wrong time and it just it just changes everything um, a 34-31 either way wouldn't surprise me um, I can't see it being 9-6 I'm going to stick that flag in the ground what about the weather Do you th- is there any issue about going up to a cold Lambeau field and Tennessee being pretty I warm I don't know I don't think it's not going to worry the Packers obviously they're used to it I think that we've had wins in cold weather games in the recent past, um, in the in the playoffs last year, um, I recall a game at Arrowhead two or three years ago when it was you know, one of the coldest games on record, and the Titans came out there with a win. Um, when you've got a good, strong run game, um, I don't think it would hurt Tennessee as much as it would other teams going up there. Um, if Green Bay can obviously secure um, a bye, which it looks like they should, regardless, you know, even if. Even if the Titans win in, on Sunday night um, and Green Bay beat the Bears in the last game, I think they should still have that by. Um, nobody's going to want to go there in the NFC, I wouldn't suggest. But yeah, I don't, I don't especially think it, any of those, especially any of those teams from Florida or, or Louisiana. It's going to be 32 Fahrenheit, which is minus one on on uh, yeah. centigrade on Sunday. So it's going to be cold. It's, and you'll get all of the, you'll get Collingsworth and, uh, and Tirico. It's been Tirico the last couple of weeks, which is interesting. No, not many people have picked up on that. Anyway, you'll get those two. Um, COVID, COVID protocols, I believe, for the is last it, game. It was Lisa Salters was on the old COVID. Oh no, that was the, that was the CBS one. Anyway, um, yeah. maybe it is COVID. Our big Al. He's uh, he's uh, we we deserve a bit of Al Michaels, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I give, I love, I've I've been a fan of Tariko. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> they they should both have their own gig, Mike Tariko and Al Michaels. This is this oh. is for another time. But... L- listen, let's let's not go down the the rabbit hole of how bad the ESPN coverage <laughs> is. My word, Tariko must be. I th- I wonder what he's thinking when he's watching that. He's, is he? Is he stewing by with the fact that he hasn't been given that gig, uh, or is he sat there in a in a big armchair, a cigar and and a, and a glass of port, just doing this, going, "Well, <laughs> you are so bad. I will have my time, and you will have to pay me double." <laughs> I think eventually he's banking on the fact that he's probably twenty years younger than now, Michaels. Uh, it's a horrible thing to say, but he's probably just waiting for him to retire and step aside, which is, he shouldn't right, ever then. do that, obviously. But uh, yeah, we don't want to think about that. Um, Why are you being like this? I, again, for the second time, I, I apologise. Um, Never apologise. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much for coming, Ollie. It's been coming, Ollie? Coming on, Ollie. I'll try that. Um, it's, been, it's been good to, to chat about some good football. Um, let's do this again in Super Bowl week. How about that? <laughs> hey, let's do this again in Super Bowl week. I genuinely, I made the best team win. Um, there are teams that I hate losing to. There are teams that I hate. There are times when I hate losing because we've played so badly. But I think Tennessee will have to play brilliantly to beat us. And if that's the case, then, then made the best team win. Yeah, agreed. Before you go, um, 
where can people catch you? And if they don't know where to catch you, frankly, um, I don't know what you've been doing um, being an NFL fan in the UK, but where can they catch your work, Ollie? Um, my nonsensical Twitter, uh, often about either Queen's Park Rangers, Green Bay, or generally uh, kit Flags. Watch, hashtag kit watch. Oh, yeah, hashtag flag watch, flag watch as well. I'm a big flag guy. Um, so you'll find some inane nonsense on Twitter at Ollie Hunter. Um, otherwise, you can catch me occasionally on the Gridiron Show um, at Gridiron or where else can you go? Oh, TalkSport. Every so often I'll pop up on TalkSport doing bits and bobs there for, for our NFL coverage. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I am. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. I'll let you go. Cheers. Cheers, Foxy. Have a good one, mate. Thanks for that. Um, thanks for coming on to yeah, tell everybody about, about the Green Bay Packers. Um, who, yeah, arguably, according to us, according to Miles, are going to lose on Sunday. Right, time to end the podcast with um, some non-Titans related stuff. Obviously, um, Greg, you've been answering your door all day, or not answering your door all day. And what's been going on? Yeah, the ring doorbell's been busy. Um, yeah, so actually, mine, mine is. Uh, look, there's millions of people in the in the UK that have. Uh, been put into into tier four as it's now called and it basically means that christmas is uh cannot be spent with with your loved ones which is obviously a tough time for a lot of people and um i think it's going to be uh it's going to be a, a very strange christmas for a lot of people not having sort of big family get-togethers that they're probably going to be used to um so I know Miles is a big advocate for mental health and support. So I was actually just going to mention if anyone, anyone wants to talk, feel free to DM the Transatlantic NTN. One of us will pick it up. We're more than happy to listen. Um, especially in this time of year, it's pretty, pretty much more cold outside. And uh, if you're in tier four, it's, uh, you know, you don't even know what it's like outside because you're not allowed to even, to even get out there. So. Um, I, I like, I like that. Do, do yeah. DM, DM us. Yeah, feel yeah, free we'll, if, we'll, if you need. And it might not be Greg that talks to you, so don't so don't let that put you off. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll try and be as positive as I can be. Yeah. Try and you know I'm not always negative, even though I did just say we're gonna lose this Sunday. Um, yeah, but you know, so the DMs are open, and um, yeah, if you want to ever talk, especially in this time of the year, I thought it'd be beneficial for us to maybe just put that one out there. One of us is more than happy to listen. I should just check: are our DMs open? Uh, there should be. I have no idea, actually. If they're not, let us know, and we'll uh, have a look at the <laughs> have a look at the settings. Because I think as long as you're following, I'm pretty sure you can. But I, if I'm wrong, and I probably am, we'll, we'll have to work some out. Um, okay, um, Miles, what have you got? Well, I'm checking the settings on the on the Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was I was going to sort of mention that at the end as well. Yeah, like not just the transatlantic, but we've got all our separate ones on there. I mean, if you want a delusional chat about how the Titans are going to do, I'm always open as you can tell i'm more optimistic than negative or try to be so even if you want to talk about crazy stuff or just about i don't know quality street anything like that we're always open to a conversation um i wanted to talk about um the sports personality of the year which uh, sort of got brought up to me a little bit because uh adam had done a little tweet about what people care about more between the sports personality of the year or your fantasy football of which I care so much more about my fantasy football, but I'm not allowed to because it's now a banned forbidden. <laughs> no, you can fruit. care about your own. 
just, I just, just want to make don't it clear care. that I don't care about yours. That's that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're, you're gonna be living, living, living that for the rest of your life, Adam. Aren't you? That's just always gonna come it's up. It's true. Do you do you care about it? Miles? Be honest. Do you <laughs> care about my fantasy team? Uh, sadly, yes. <laughs> Then I, can't I care help. about everyone's fantasy team. I'm if here it's, to give out information. I if am... it's any consolation, I couldn't give a monkeys about yours either, Adam, so it's fine. <laughs> good. That's how it should be. <laughs> but um, move, moving on from how good I am at fantasy football, I've got my final this weekend for everyone who does care. Um, the sports personality of the year, I wanted fantasy to bring it up because I don't know how... Oh, come on, man. I don't know how... Uh, how much Adam read into it because he put a tweet out regarding it. But I was curious to see, apart from the winner being Lewis Hamilton, spoiler for anyone who didn't already know, could between the two of you, I was wondering if Brown was going to be here as well or anyone, could you name the other five people who were up for the award this year? Tyson Fury, because he made a big fuss about it. Yeah. Stuart Broad. Yeah, Stuart Broad. Saw Stuart Broad. Um... Right. Rashford Jordan won something. Henderson. Was he on the, the original list? I don't know Jordan Henderson was on there. Rashford wasn't. No. In answer to your question, Miles, no. Because I, I also yeah. could give him monkeys about Sports Personality of the Year oh. award, to be honest. The, the, other, the other two people was, um, and one I felt really bad about, but it was the female jockey who had apparently won the most races or something this year, um, whose name is something mad. And then Ronnie O'Sullivan, who, in my opinion, just deserves a trophy every year because he's probably the most talented sportsman in his sport because no one's better than Ronnie O'Sullivan. But they were the people that were up for the vote. And it just made me feel like it, it was almost like when people vote for the Pro Bowl and people vote for everyone else, where it's just a completely pointless thing. Like, Lewis <laughs> Hamilton, I get, yeah, Lewis Hamilton done well. And yeah, he's good at driving his car. But like... I mean, apart from the fact I don't like the guy, but it's just an awful. Whoa, whoa, whoa! One of Stevenage's own. I can't, I can't take this Hamilton slander. He's got his own parking space. Uh, now I know he's from Stevenage. I actually like him less. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. There's, there's, not, there's not many people in Stevenage who actually like him. In fairness, so it's uh, and also he he. That's because he doesn't the, shop at Asda. The, Let's, the yeah. feeling is mutual as well. He absolutely hates Stevenage. So yeah, he's really like that. But it's just like there was. It's to me, it's always a waste of time every single year. No one's ever actually cared about who's won it for years, and it's always fairly predictable. But like they voted like so, the team of the year was Liverpool FC. But then the person who won Sports Person of the Year was Lewis Hamilton. Surely his Formula One team should be Team of the Year. But I don't get how it all works. They then, clearly, was, they clearly haven't been watching Stevenage this year. I mean, that's a Team of the Year, if anything. I mean, Cole Robinson got Oxford to the playoffs last year, which is a miracle. I don't know how he didn't get into the air. Uh... But then the other thing, and I know this is going to be one of them where it's a bit sort of... So it's sports personality of the year, and there's lots of different things. And uh, Captain Tom, who'd done his charity, that's off to him. He won an award for... What did he do? Did he go on a walk? Yeah. Well, he, well, he basically got an award for going viral on Twitter. Yeah, going against adversity, I think, was the exact phrase. And I was like, like, I have to conquer my stairs every single day in my house. And I don't get a single award for my adversity of managing to get up and down them every single... And we know we've had the humble brag with me and Greg about how well off we are. And there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of stairs to go up and down. And where's my award? Just because I'm not 98. He's, um, he's in Barbados at the moment as well, living, living his best life, bless him. What, Captain Tom? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, actually he? al- he's actually allowed to leave. He's got like special 
this conversation to, to, to leave leave the UK and go to Barbados. I'm, I, honestly, I'd never. Oh, I'm, my, other half, my other half has never been more jealous of him. Oh, I'm yes. not going to. Sports I personality couldn't. is a waste of time. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, just on sports personality. So that, the, the, the awards of Sports Personality of the Year award, it, it died when Andy Murray won it because that guy's got no personality whatsoever. And well, that, That's always the argument, is it? I, it yeah, Nigel Mansell didn't have a personality in 1986. So is, is, that, is, is it given because somebody's because of sporting achievements or because someone's been entertaining doing it. It's a, it's that old argument. Yeah, it is achievement ultimately, but it's, yeah, why do you use the word personality? God knows. The whole thing's, the whole thing's dated, the issue, I think. And it, oh, it's just, yeah. It, it's one of them awards, along with a lot of other things that just need getting rid of, really. Including yeah. the Pro Bowl. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. <laughs> We don't. We don't need a sports personality of the year. And we don't need the Pro Bowl. So basically, um, what we're saying is we hate popularity contests, and we're Titans fans. So I mean, that's pretty much goes shocked. hand in hand, right? Yeah, <laughs> ties in, doesn't it? All right. Um, I'm going to finish very quickly and bring this into. You know, I have just I have just opened our DMs. I think on Twitter because they it turned out they they weren't open, but they are now. Um, if that isn't working, let us know. Uh, but much more important than any of this. Um, Slippers. I need to. I need to get this off my chest. So, it's it's been a weird year for everybody. We know that. Um, from beginning of March or thereabouts, most of my working days have been at home rather than in an office. Not all. Um, I've, I've been to our offices on occasion, but most of the time it's been working at home. And so I'm wearing slippers all day instead of shoes. It's a, it's a a lifestyle change. Now, it's not the first thing you'd think of when you're working from home instead. Um, but the effect of this is I reckon that I'm on my fourth pair of slippers of the year. They, they're just wearing out. Um, I just on Saturday or Sunday night, it might have been while watching the Titans, I noticed that the pair I had delivered on November the 17th um, had completely split, soles totally gone, um, unwearable, um, a month. A month is how long a pair of slippers. They're not. Then it's not like they're cheap. You know, I'm spending. I'm not spending a fortune because that would be idiocy based on how quickly I seem to go through them. But you know, that was a, a 25 quid pair of slippers. So I've just obviously ordered some more. I'm actually returning these. I haven't returned any of the others. Like, is uh, is is can't why can't people make things of any quality or they're just not designed to be worn for any length of time? It's because you're just constantly every Sunday pacing up and down your 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 lounge in your front room. That's that's, that's surely that's enough to to make any footwear wear out. Um, yeah, no, I've, I don't think I've ever ever worn or owned a pair of slippers, so I'm not really with you on this one. Don't your feet get cold? No, because I wear a pair of socks and I have heating. Yeah, but... Again, little little brag there. Oh, brag. <laughs> you with your... I think you've got underfloor heating, haven't you? No, not quite, no. But uh, no, it's, I, I don't I'd know pay why. people just... to blow on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been worded a bit better. It feels that feel a bit weird. Um, yeah, no, I just I just know why. I've slippers have always felt a bit weird and never ever never ever owned a pair in the end, and just always feel like if you're wearing shoes, you're going out. Funny enough, just on just on lockdown though, I wore a pair of jeans for the first time in like three, four, five weeks, maybe longer. Because basically, when I'm just around the house, or even if I'm like 
going out for whatever reason, just for a run or whatever, I'll just be wearing a pair of shorts or, or a pair of pajama bottoms. I just, uh, jeans have become a lot less comfortable than they used to, it feels like. I don't know if they've never just... been comfortable. No, well, I, I kind of must like... have just got used to them, and now I'm not again. I'm going to have to start wearing jeans around the house. Why? Do we, does the world... Here's a question. Does the world need fashion? Like, <laughs> this, this hot... Just, just a pair of tracksuit bottoms, or whatever you call them, jogging bottoms, whatever you call them in America. I'm not even sure what, what they are. Um... What's, I don't know, but they're more comfortable no than jeans. But you can't wear them out, can you? Like, just well, the world would be a better place if you could. You I'm go. worried. This, the day that I go back to the office, if it's still there, I'm assuming it still is. The day I go back to the office, I'm going to be there in pajama bottoms, forgetting of, of to put jeans or, or proper trousers on anyway. Just going to be walking in, being like, "Oh shit, I've got to change it." Damn it. <laughs> I think we'd all be happier though if it would just be more comfortable. I'm loving life at the moment for that reason. It's great being wearing pajama bottoms every day. Yeah, with your cold feet, weirdo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had cold feet in five years. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that's a comment about your your marriage or what or what, but uh, all... <laughs> yes, he won't have listened this far, will she? Uh, I don't know. She seems to surprise me sometimes. She brings up odd, odd, odd presents. Yeah, odd quotes she'll bring up from a podcast, and so I might have to edit that bit out. No, nothing's going to this out. Right, um, that's about enough for now, I reckon. Um, yeah, get in touch. Get in touch as as we said at Transatlantic TN for whatever reason you like, and yeah, we'll speak. We'll hopefully speak between the Packers and Texans games and. Have well, have a good Christmas, I guess, which will come in between. Um, it's going to be a weird one, but whatever you do, make the best of it, and most importantly, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>